Hello everyone and welcome to our continuing live coverage of the D23 convention here in Anaheim, California. I'm Pete Werner, joined on my right by our producer, Mr. Craig Williams. Hello. And on my left by our associate producer, Mr. Rhino Clavin. Hello. I'm a slob wearing the same clothes I was wearing yesterday. Well, that's because you slept in them on the concrete. Yeah. Well, actually, on a an inflatable fair, pool raft. On a pool a raft. <laughs> It was an experience. From 7 o'clock last night, the two of them, uh, in order to get into the live action panel, this is one of the premier panels. Uh, I think the for us, the most exciting one oh, is yes. yet to come. The uh, Oh, for you, that's the most oh, exciting one. Oh, I'm sorry. One. I thought you meant this I'm one. I'm saying yeah. for, <laughs> for <me>. us, <laughs> the most exciting one is yet to come with the Parks and Resorts panel. And especially given the fact that there weren't a lot of major announcements made at live action um, I'm thinking they're saving all that juice for what's coming up at 3 o'clock um, which is parks and resorts I, I have a feeling with the number of Marvel people that were just involved in this panel that we just saw which was mind blowing I maybe a few will stick around and talk about the future of where Marvel lies in the theme parks uh, could be Yeah, have some star power there so let's, let's get started with um, with this panel. So. Yeah, so we'll kind of take you through it um, in terms of how it actually progressed throughout uh, throughout the morning. And it kicked things off with A Wrinkle in Time, uh, which will be coming out on March 9th of 2018. And uh, give folks a background on this. So basically, A Wrinkle in Time is based off a 1963 book, I believe, that is... Um, pretty trippy i had never heard about it oh I've, um, I've heard of the book before because i think in some it's like part of like that summer reading it's on a list um you know what i mean it's one of those books some people have definitely read it and they love it some people like us we've heard of it like i knew obviously who doesn't know it's about yeah. time i think i saw a play based on it once well, but what's it about it's well now it's, that we know so, it's trippy and- it's it's about a, a a father um played by my husband chris pine and it he and uh he's works as like a, what, what was it like a physicist or yeah. something and he's discovered a way of um, traveling from one point to another it, it, what it sounds like is like a wormhole or something like yeah, that kind or, of trans dimensional yeah. so breaking uh, space and time mm-hmm. completely and uh, basically this becomes his life he gets lost in it like actually gone the, and the only person yeah. yeah the only person who can uh bring him back is his daughter um, whose name in the film will be Meg Murray played by uh, Storm Reed and then it's what we do know about it what we really knew before going into it is that of course Oprah is going to be playing a supporting character in this role uh, along with um, Mindy Colling from the Mindy Project in the office and uh, Reese Witherspoon so they'll be playing um, characters who all came out on stage yes (laughs) On stage in front of us. Yeah, no. And Seth Rogen walks by right in front of us while we're sitting and waiting, too. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, it's being directed by uh, um, Ava Duverney. Yeah, she's wonderful. Selma, um, the, the 13, was it? Was that what it's called? Or something? Uh, or, I forget the other Selma's one. Selma's the biggest. Yeah, so. I, I'm familiar. I'm just like, my brain is rattled right now. But Selma's a big one for her, you know. Um, and um, you know, a female director, which is wonderful. And the 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 big message they were really putting out there about this film is it seems to be 
this this book is being updated to our modern time. Yeah. And they were very tiptoeing around what they're saying. So I think it has something to do with. It's going to be kind of an all inclusive. People of all different everything is going to be be in this and represented and it's going to speak of like kind of a dark time that we may or may not live it you know what i mean like it's essentially saying that it's going to be just like a ho- hopeful it sounds like it's going to be a nice Hollywood liberals yeah slow down is that what you're going for <laughs> it, it should be super impressive though because um they're oh. saying that basically every single person they wanted to be in the movie was their first choice so it is like the highlight um the highlight stars that they wanted. Everyone kept saying how great uh, Ava was as a director. Just outstanding. And she was, like, super... Her presence on the stage was, like, massive. Like, she was really, really excited to be here. She's clearly a big Disney fan. Um, She was just, like... I'm going to pause a second yeah, because okay. I, we okay. might be yeah, having a technical difficulty. Our feed okay. kind of dropped out for a second, but it seems to be back in. Sorry. Did it drop, okay, out, so did we, it drop out for my cursing? I, it, let's hope it dropped out during the like cursing. the sensors were so. watching and they cut you off. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, I, I apologize for that. It seems like we are back on track, though. So, okay. well, um, for, so recap, we talked about Wrinkle in Time, and now we're moving on to... We, now we're moving on to um, the next kind of saga in Disney reimagining something, but it's... Honestly, it's not something they've done before because it's the Nutcracker. So, oh yeah, this a was new a, like, out of left field kind of really from an yeah. animated movie. They've done Nutcracker and the Four Realms. So, I'm slipping. Who wrote the music? The Sugar Plum. Um, yeah, so it's taken that. Describe it, Craig. Who did like, write the music for that? Was, I know it's bugging me. It's I think with an a, an L. It's a, a French man. They said it in the thing. Well, you talk talk about it and I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah that's okay. That's gonna drive me crazy now. Talk to yeah. you know it. Um, so the story is going to be familiar in a little way, um, in that it's about a girl named Clara who, uh, you know, the story's going to start at Christmas time, uh, Christmas night in London, um, and just from there, it's kind of, you know, it, it's going to take the normal path of the, the Nutcracker, but it's going to be more about these four different realms that are included in there. One's like a land of flowers and one's like a land of uh, snow and cold. The other's a land of sweets. And then, of course, there's a little bit of darkness to the land, too. Um, and really, the cast, they've got some standout uh, standout talent in here, including Morgan Freeman, Helen Mirren, uh, Kira Knightley's going to be in it as well. And the, the really, truly interesting part of it is that... Uh, is that um, for the the uh, the Mouse King? Instead of doing like just one character, apparently the Mouse King's going to be made up of like a thousand mice, and yeah. it's done by this guy named Charles Riley, who's also known as Lil Buck for his dancing, and he just does these weird, inquisitive dancings. I'm guessing it's motion capture is how they're they're getting it all together. But um, this guy moves in ways that the human body does not. Not like, supposed to. Yeah, it's like it's like the hips are on ball sockets, so like how your action figure's leg can spin all the way around and stuff. It was it was really something else to watch him like float across the stage. Tchaikovsky? Tchaikovsky. That's what yeah. I thought. I thought yeah. it was Tchaikovsky, but I was That's what sure. I think I was thinking of, but yeah. An L French guy. Sorry, and I just wanna address <laughs> everyone right now in the chat. Yeah, we had some glitches there, so I understand that the audio is a little out of sync. Unless we completely stop this and start back up. We can't fix it, so we're just going to keep rolling along right now. I mean, do you want to stop and start again? No. No, okay. These guys are exhausted. Um, no. 
Yeah, so th- that was fun. That was kind of one of those, like, I didn't even hear they were filming this movie. I didn't know anything about this movie. And we, we got treated to not only that, um, the dance, the number, but we also got to see kind of a teaser of it of sorts, too. And another, like, visually impressive uh, film that's coming out, um, uh, is it November 2018, yep. I believe? Yes. So something that's to look forward cracker. to. Yeah, the Nutcracker and the Four Realms. So exciting. All right, what was next? Next was what I think Rhino was most excited for, and that, of course, is Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah, so this was this was great. Alan Horn came out. Um, they talked about... Um, so then he brought out um, Rob Marshall, uh, the director of films like Chicago, Into the Woods, you know, um, uh, one of the Pirates movies. I don't know why they mentioned that one. but um, And uh, then Mary Poppins herself, not Julie Andrews, but... Emily Blunt, who I am in love with, you know, um, wonderful actress. Uh, and they really just kind of talked about, like, w- you know, how it all came to be. And essentially they, they talked about P.L. Travers and how she, the last Mary Poppins book was published in 1988. And that there were so many adventures that, um, that and clearly he even brought up Saving Mr. Banks. It was very clear that P.L. Travers cared very much for the Banks' children, so they felt like it was time to maybe dive back in and revisit this, the, the family, you know, and, and using one of the stories. And so they were they were abundantly making this clear that this is not going... This is definitely a sequel to Mary Poppins. However, it is much more inspired directly by the book. So Emily Blunt watched a little bit of like Mary Poppins to get a little feel for Julie but then stopped like 15 minutes in because she said she wanted to like carve it out and make it her own as well Mm. and so she's gonna but she says she read all the books like it's it's influenced by the books Rob Marshall continually said too because one of the big differences in this movie versus the original Mary Poppins is they shot this on location in London so you know they had that opportunity um, a lot of, uh, you know, but they're being very true to the original. And there was a fun little uh, detail in there that I thought was wonderful. And you, you'll know this because I've gone to Club 33 with you. Is mm-hmm. that, you know, the desk that's in there from the original Mary Poppins yes. film? Well, Rob Marshall specifically asked that to be included in this film. So they mailed him the desk from the Club 33 at Disneyland wow. to England. And they like, so that was his like favorite little set dressing. But uh, we got we got, we got got treated to some something pretty awesome that I'll let Craig talk about because he loves he yeah. loves music quite a bit um, so the composer of the music for the film it was actually there on hand with the Walt Disney Symphony Orchestra was it the guys wow. from Hairspray or the ones who were doing the music the two, yeah the two it was um, uh, Mark Scheinman yeah and, and uh, Scott and Scott Whitman yes. yeah so Scott Whitman yeah so um, apologize there I had to go back in my notes yeah so uh, came out Composed the Walt Disney Symphony Orchestra through some of the new score written for the uh, the movie. And these guys, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I think these are two of the most brilliant uh, theater songwriters on the scene today. Um, well, yeah, we, I mean, he started playing this music, and I was unsure if it was like I was like, oh, did he start with the original, and this is the new music now? That's how well they've done to like honor but it it's its own thing but wow. what's really great is not only did they come out and perform for us but it was while they were showing clips of the uh, uh, like essentially a teaser trailer so they were saying like like there's not a lot of sp- speaking in it but you know there's a lot of shots of like the gate is being blown open by the wind and it's going up to the the bank's house and it shows the kite is in the like kind of like the trash area outside and it like flies up and it shows jane and michael as adults and um 
the uh, like it's Lin Manuel Miranda comes up with the kid in the park, and they're like pulling on this kite, and the clouds are coming like forming really fast, and he's pulling on the kite, and then the clouds part, and there's a silhouette of Mary Poppins. Just oh wow! Pulling, and you're like, oh my! And you think like, oh, that's where they're gonna cut it. But they like they 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 were just showing us scene like little clips like we can't really you can't hear anything because it's not done but we got to see like we saw the clip of Meryl Streep as the cousin Topsy we saw a clip of Angela Lansbury as the uh, the the balloon, balloon lady, lady in the park and it like there was this big dance number that was reminiscent of um, Step in Time that was being showcased and I just the expression on Lin Manuel's his face alone was like okay. I can get into this because I, I I like him and respect him as a human being. It's just I'm not into the stuff he does as much. But I I'm now like very excited. But for me, the shining moment of this is when it's like you know it's saying the names of the cast underneath and it says like Dick Van Dyke and it shows him and he's playing the banker. And then one of the last shots that we see is him on on a desk in the bank and he's like he's dancing like Dick Van Dyke's dancing. So I and I'm like gonna like I was gonna like I like started like you could feel it coming down my face because I'm just like it was like breathtaking. But I don't know if you want to talk about the plot a little bit of the movie. I they, they said that. A little I bit mean, before. yeah, we we already known about the plot that it's gonna take uh, place uh, 20 years after the original story, and it's gonna focus on Jane and Michael. Michael Michael's a widower, and uh, it's, it, it's going through the depression in London, mm. and so essentially they fall on hard times. The banker played by uh, Colin Firth isn't really helping yeah, Colin things Firth, I out yeah. in any way, too. And, of course, when the family's in need, that's when Mary Poppins comes along. And one of the, one, of the, one quick shot, because I wondered about this, there is going to be an animated sequence like in the original, because there's a scene oh, where she is. holds up her finger and a bird lands on it, but they're in an animated like chalk-drawing world or something. Yeah. Like There's a scene where she falls into this bathtub and just like disappears. Like There was a lot of stuff where it really does have that heart and they were wanted to be respectful of the original interesting so. to see how this yeah. comes out oh yeah I, really I, I, I was like on the fence here and now I'm like really getting hyped into yeah. it now okay uh, so just then they kind of teased us with, with some more reimaginings uh, Mulan um, they confirmed that Jungle Cruise movie is they, happening they said um, really really early days of discussion yes too. yeah so Dwayne Johnson will be in it but still early um they brought up Aladdin um, and the fact that it will, while it's a reimagining of the animated classic, it's also going to take um, a lot from the 1001 Arabian Nights yeah. source material. Uh, and that's when we found out the official casting for Aladdin and Jasmine. Um, and Aladdin will be played by Mara Massad, and Jasmine will be played by Naomi Scott. The pink Power Ranger in the new Power Ranger movie, so I'm very excited. Oh, Lord. I like and her quite a bit. And, of course, Will Smith She's is going to be the genie. Um, then yeah, that's kind of cool. Directed by Guy Ritchie, yes, yeah. Tease Dumbo, which will be out March 29th, 2019, directed by Tim Burton, of course. And so he kind of gave us a little bit of a teaser clip of him on... Uh, Casey the Jr. Casey Jr. Yeah. train from Dumbo in his style and showed some concept art. And how we got did, how to, did it look? It doesn't look. It doesn't look uh, like dark Tim Burton. It looks like no. big fish Tim Burton to me. Yeah. You know that scene where Ewan McGregor's like going through the. I don't know. I'm like I, I'm Tim Burton on Dumbo. I, I, I know. know. And I I always say CGI was the worst thing to ever happen to Tim Burton it, because it, it seems like that's where his. Style but it just doesn't look like his style. It also fits yeah. in with that same style that Disney's kind of adopted with these reimaginings. Um, sorry, with I'm Alice boring, folks. And, it's not that they're boring. You know, it's just that it's been a long. It's been a long time. Yeah. yeah. A couple of days. Um, but then they brought out 
the life-size maquette of the Dumbo that they created for the movie, and it looked adorable. So it looks great. I, yeah, if the, this is so. This essentially is what Dumbo is going to look like in the movie, and it's Dumbo. Yep. Like I, I was like, that looks great. I'm happy because that was my fear. Is like, what's Dumbo going to yep. look like? You know. So uh, with that being said, uh, the last thing they finally showed us was something from The Lion King, and this was. Ugh. This actually could be my standout from the entire panel really? itself. I'm, I, we're, cry, we're both sitting there crying. Yeah, I, I cried during it. It's, um, of course, Craig. Oh yeah. yeah. directed by John Favreau, uh, who did The Jungle Book for us. And so we knew The Lion King was going to be in that exact same style. But when they showed us a shot-for-shot shot recreation of Circle, for, Circle of Life, but done in that same Jungle Book style with the with really? the characters. Yeah, like getting like, to see baby Simba, Rafiki. Rafiki, like, cracks the thing and does the... The thing all on his forehead and, the, and all these animals. Thinking about yeah, it. I'm telling you, these animals looked. There's one. There's a couple shots where I'm like, did they film with real animals, or is this completely? Wow. Is he doing like? And it's just like I don't know if they were just using if that was. That's not the original recording of Circle of Life, was it? I, I mean, that it was. It must have been yeah. okay. But it was just like if this is what it is, like I am. Simba looked great. I am. I'm just like very. I, I. I. Mary Poppins is my favorite live action Disney movie. Lion King is my favorite animated Disney movie, and like Toy Story is my favorite Pixar movie. And so I sat there as I'm crying at the end of this because that song is, you know, t- right. it's it's Elton John's music. It's like yeah. moves you, and it, all I could think was there's going to be a moment in my life where I'm going to watch a live action Toy Story movie in the future too, and the trifecta is going to be complete for me. Right. But, exactly. But it was just it was a moment where you're like. So I, I don't know. So, you know. you know, with all the talk about them taking, you know, a lot of people kind of pushing back against the concept of them taking these animated classics and turning them into live action. Uh, obviously, we saw the success of Beauty and the Beast. So just from a business standpoint, obviously, it's going to continue. But based on what you saw today, do you think that the future for this looks pretty bright? In terms of taking Aladdin, Lion King, yeah, oh no, it, and it, bringing it, it to live action. Do you think the future for this is looking pretty bright? Now, when when they find the right story to tell, yeah. and they match that with the perfect tone, that's when they they nail it. They've done that with Cinderella. They've done that with Jungle Book, um, and you know a lot of the world thought that happened with Beauty and the Beast too. Even though I didn't agree with it, but I think. I think they finally understand what they're doing with these reimaginings. I do want everyone to know that we were tortured for our review of Beauty and the Beast because last night they play movies in the line while you wait. It was just Beauty and the Beast on repeat. So I have nightmares last night of that. But but yeah, I, I agree. John Favreau came out, he addressed the audience. He was like, I, you know, he's a big Disney guy and he was just like, you know, we showed you the Jungle Book two years ago and you trusted us with this. And, and I know a lot of you have said, there's been pushback on some stuff, but he's, but he's just like basically said, like, thank you for allowing us to do this and, and like going along on this journey with us. So he was very like, I hear what you're saying. So he's he's got his ear to the fans, which wow. is very, very good. You know. So uh, that took us out of Walt Disney Studios and led us over into Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was, there was some questions about what are we actually going to see you know it hasn't been that long since star wars celebration and uh but it is d23 expo so thought there might be a little bit more but this was a uh this was definitely a scarce uh part of it and you know han solo was was mentioned 
uh, that Kathleen Kennedy couldn't be here because she was over in London with Ron Howard. Fix it, yeah. Um, yeah essentially, and and then Alan Horn just was like, oh, no, I've no Ron for forever. He's a wonderful guy. He's going to do it. Great job. He says that as only Alan can say it too, with that kind of yeah and uh, grandpa tone. But nonetheless, uh, they still covered a little bit with Last Jedi. Um, Ryan Johnson, the director, of course, uh, came out and he kind of ended up hosting um, the entire presentation on behalf of Lucasfilm. One fun uh, tidbit about too. that. I love his personality. I mean, I, I, we know him for his director work, but apparently, well, I'm friends with him. I mean, I've got his, that photo uh, I took, so. uh, yeah. of course. This is actually isn't his first time working with Disney. His first time was he used to do um, on-air promotions and commercials for the Disney Channel. Like the Disney Channel way back in the nineties. They'll be making him a legend next week. Probably. Yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. He'll be like, "Hey, you worked for us one time at like you sold balloons in the park. You're a Disney." I'll legend. be honest, though. <laughs> that kept going through my mind every single time. Like you see, oh, Benicio del Toro's in in the Last Jedi, and he's also in Guardians. So Legend. he's up for it eventually. Oh, yeah. um, they built a statue for him. Yeah. <laughs> and in the parks. <laughs> yeah. It's happening. Um, could be next time around. Uh, but Daisy Ridley, uh, John Boyega, Gwendolyn Christie, who uh, plays the, Captain Phasma. The most Phasma. giant woman I've ever seen in my life. I Who's mean, that? Gwendolyn Christie's from Game of Thrones. She's like seven feet tall. She has oh, Captain yeah. Phasma in, in Force yeah. Awakens. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so no, she's. Human. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, uh, she was hilarious though. She was great. Oh yeah, she she was full of one-liners. Yeah. Um, and then they brought back Kelly Marie Tran, who was announced at Star Wars Celebration, yeah. and we also got to see Laura Dern. Laura Dern, Jurassic came Park. Out from he it. Even wow. was like, I don't want to hum the Jurassic Park theme song when I introduce the next person, and I'm like, uh, she's great too. She was clearly so. There was a fun little tidbit about her on the set. They Ryan uh, Johnson takes all these like black and white photos on set, and they're beautiful. And there's one of her like holding a blaster up like this, and it's like misty and foggy and he's like so i took this photo and um actually what happened while we were filming this is if you like if you watch the movie you can see laura dern's mouth going pew 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 